Art of Visuals community and welcome to the Art of Visuals podcast, a content series to inspire the creators, the mavericks, the hustlers, and the visionaries who believe that art and creativity have the power to impact and change culture. This series was created for you, the explorers of the world. We're here because you're not alone on this journey to becoming your best self. This series shares real authentic stories direct from the world's most talented creative community. These stories are meant to inspire, motivate, and educate you and the rest of the AOV family. With over a decade of experience in entrepreneurship, content creation, and self-development, the AOV team is here to create a new kind of culture within our community, one that inspires action, love, growth, and fulfillment. You are now tuning in to the AOV Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Art of Visuals Podcast. My name is Wonderboy Prince, and I am your host. And today's guest is travel photography couple, Travis Visuals and Morgie Love, based out of Seattle, Washington. Super, super stoked to have you guys on the show. Welcome. Thank you. We're Thank stoked you. to be here. I'm stoked to have you guys. How are you guys doing? Good. We're, uh, we're getting... A lot of snow right now, which is a huge switch from our uh, previous Southern California stepping weather. So that's been pretty awesome. It's been a little bit of an adjustment <laughs> trying to get used to the uh, the actual cold instead of it being 50 and, and quote unquote freezing. Real, you're going to get to experience some real weather. I love Californians because, and, and I'm a Californian myself. Once upon a time, I guess I don't cling to it as, 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 as much as I once did, but 50 degrees is freezing there and like 50 degrees yeah. <laughs> 50 degrees here and like people are in t-shirts and shorts and they're like riding their bikes and everyone's so jacked they're like yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, yesterday I was wearing like four jackets uh, people were looking at me yeah bro it's all about them layers they gotta learn man it's about them layers <laughs> teach you something uh, <laughs> So why don't you guys start us off? Uh, we'll start with Morgie and work our way over to you, Travis. If Morgie, you want to start just kind of by letting the AOV community know a little bit more background on yourself. Yeah, sure. So um, I credit a lot of who I am to, to really how I was raised. So as a kid, um, my parents really spent a lot of time. They would throw me and my brother into an Astro van, old school Astro van, and we would road trip around the Western United States and spent a lot of time just exploring you know, anything that was reachable by car, uh, which is pretty much what we do today. Um, and my dad would drive through the night, we'd listen to music, and back then we didn't have, like, a lot of technology or anything like that, so it was really just books or stare out the window, basically. And um, so spent a lot of time doing that, and then, you know, I was really an introspective kid, uh, obsessed with planets and stars. Um, I had a, uh, a rock collection uh, that Trav loves to give me a hard time about. <laughs> So I'd like collect rocks and things uh, from the different places that we went. Um, and then even as a preteen, uh, my dad had built a computer for me. Like it didn't have any internet. So I would just sit upstairs and write short stories and just really love to get lost in my own imagination and spend a lot of time just like learning who I was. Um, and then after high school, uh, I just really dug into work. Uh, I went to school and became a uh, or studied English literature and creative writing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I got a lot of flack for that. You know, it wasn't a business degree. It wasn't going to earn me any money. Um, but I really loved it because it was something that I, I really cared about and I uh, was super passionate about. And that was the most important thing to me. Um, and I've always just been – I always have my hands in a ton of different projects. So I did a lot of work with children with autism, did a lot of volunteer work, spent a lot of time painting, 
writing, um, just a lot of really artsy stuff. Mm-hmm. And I met this guy, and uh, and you know, the rest is history, I guess. Ooh, <laughs> <yeah>. All right, <laughs> Trav. So uh, I grew up in, I was actually born in Idaho, but uh, my family moved to Texas. I think I was like one. So I don't really remember it too much, but moved to Texas. I always thought you looked like an Idahoan. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. I'll get a little more used to the weather here and maybe we'll make our way that way. (laughs) Get ready for real cold. But grew up in Texas, and uh, one of my best friends, um, my family didn't road trip too much. If we did, it was to, you know, like Las Vegas or Phoenix, only, you know, eight hours away, nothing too, nothing too crazy. But my best friend growing up, his family had a ranch, and it was some huge, like, 10,000-acre ranch. So we used to go out there, like, once a month, once every other month. And uh, we'd go horseback riding. We'd just kind of go out and adventure and and just explore the area. There were, like, uh, there were cave paintings and all sorts of different things. So that kind of sparked that that adventure and that curiosity. And then uh, moved out to California and kind of lost a little bit of that until I found uh, or met Morgan. And then we started really traveling, and, and now we've... We've seen, I think, almost all of the Western United yeah. States, so it's been it's been a lot of fun. Dude, that's awesome! I love it. I get I get so excited just hearing you two, and I'm just stoked to be sitting here with you guys. So, just a quick background: I've I've, I've met these two a handful of times now. Travis has has come and gotten just like breakfast with me, even when it's not even just like out and shooting. Like he's literally just come and kicked it just to grab a quick bite and and say what's up whenever I've been in the area. So it's always really rad to to spend time with you guys. Um, why don't you? And you guys have such adventurous backgrounds. Like you guys like sound like you guys had like the coolest childhoods. I'm just like. Jesus, I was just thinking, I was like, what was my first road trip? And I'm like, dude, actually, I was like kidnapped. That was like my first road trip. I was like being kidnapped by my <laughs> by my dad moving from San Diego to Seattle, Washington. And my mom didn't know. He just like packed their bags in the morning. And I just woke up in the snow and I was like, what the f- are we doing? Like, <laughs> um, and that was like my first road trip. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah I guess definitely adventurous for sure so why don't you let us know a little bit more about how you guys came to know each other and how you guys got to kind of where you're at today so even though we both have these very adventurous backgrounds we actually met in a very uh, non-adventurous way so I was his boss at, at a bank actually out of all things yeah, I just uh, just moved up here. I think I'd been here for like, I don't know, four or five months at the time. And I really didn't know anyone, just kind of the people that I worked with. And it was almost uh, fake because she had come in a couple of times and I'd said hi, you know, and just kind of admired from the far, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe a little bit, but it was uh, it was perfect. She ended up becoming coming on boss and we just kind of started texting and and yeah, never so really stopped let me, let me tell you actually so he was sick one day he left he left work early just a purely 
Oh. He was trapping. No. He was setting up his trap for the lady <laughs> tiger. He was hunting <laughs> the liger. He was liger hunting. pretty small road trips our first one was actually to Big Sur so that wasn't too bad we kind of drove through the night and they've progressively gotten longer and longer and uh, some days have gotten shorter like we've done a couple uh, turnaround trips just in a day to Yosemite which is six and a half hours away as opposed to that first trip where we were out there for like three or four days dude I have so many questions so many questions (laughs) I'm curious so you guys met, you guys started taxing, started hanging out, and then when did, like, what came first, photography or adventure? Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, how you guys both ended up, like, being like, holy shit, we both love the outdoors and we both love photography, or there was one person shooting and then the other one started to shoot. Like, what's that story? Kind of happened at the same time. So I had always been interested in photography, but I never... I never had a camera other than my phone and I uh, really didn't have her use Instagram. So when we went to Big Sur, Morgan brought her uh, Canon 30D and I picked up that camera and I put it down. It was almost, or I didn't put it down. It was almost like uh, she was the third wheel yeah. on our first like adventure uh, date. Our first, like, it was like our first real trip together. And I brought my my camera, which that camera at that point was probably five or six years old. It was old, but I just thought it would be fun to like capture, you know, the moment of the adventure and going on this really cool trip with my new boyfriend. It was like all exciting, and then I had to like vie for attention. I was like. Uh, you know, can we talk? Like, can we hang out? And he's like taking photos, like, like going crazy. It was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That makes me so happy. <laughs> and then, so that's so that's how the photo- photography came about. And then, when did it become like? I guess what was the catalyst from when it went from being like, oh, it's fun to be out and adventuring and taking photos to like, I love this. Like, and I'm getting very serious about these photos and. I'm understanding, I'm learning and growing, and I want to do this. Well, I, so I had been shooting already, uh, I already had a huge passion for it from when okay. I was a kid. So I got my first point and shoot probably, gosh, I may have been like nine or 10. Right. Um, and then I, my friends, my best friends in high school actually, it was really cool. They pooled a bunch of money and got me that Canon 30D because I was so obsessed with photography at the time. But as far as adventure photography and the two of us, I think it was it was the adventure part that sparked it and just learning. Like it's like the it's one of those things where right, everyone starts taking pictures of flowers in the backyard, to pictures of their dog, to whatever, and then it turns into this like how can I improve? Um, how can I really take this image and and capture it 
to the best of my ability. And I mean, that for me, um, just going all these new places and experiencing them, almost re-experiencing them for the first time uh, with him, it was just a different different thing than I was used to. So I don't know, what about you? I think it was like when it, when it switched from, yeah, this is a lot of fun to I absolutely love this was that trip that we took where we went like 1,800 miles in the course of three <laughs> days or something like that. Oh, right. We drove to Yosemite, yeah. then we drove to the Redwoods, went to the Oregon coast, and then all the way back down. Yeah. And uh, and we used to edit like on our phones or just use the Instagram editing. And, so- then, and, we, <laughs> and then we upgraded to Lightroom Mobile. And then we started editing on uh, on our laptops, and I think that's really that trip was when it really like, propelled us from, yeah, this is a lot of fun to I absolutely love this. Yeah. Was that the trip that you guys uh, that you met Kyle on, or is that after? Oh. That was this was before that. Before. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. So you guys took a twenty one day trip to Banff. <laughs> First of all, how soon into the relationship was this trip? That's a long trip. Yeah. This one was... The Banff trip? Yeah, about a year and a half. It was about a year and a half. Into the relationship? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, that's I mean that's still a lot. I mean, 21 days. I mean, yeah. even if you can, like, that's just so long. Unless, especially if you don't live with the person. I guess, like, yeah. in my relationship, I've been living with my girlfriend. Like, we've lived together forever. I had her move in, and so it wouldn't be weird. But if I wasn't living with her, it'd probably be really awkward to just go on a 21 day yeah. trip. So tell me about that and like how that worked out. Um, yeah, I don't even know how we really decided to do that. It was like some place that we both had really always wanted to go. And then we are big on saving money. I mean, we just don't have an expendable income. You know, we have to make sure things are realistic. So in the beginning, we're like, oh, how much would it cost to stay? here or there and then it turned into you know let's just go and we'll figure it out and almost right before that I sold I used to have a a Toyota 4Runner and almost directly before that trip I sold it uh, to save on gas and bought a Mazda so this tiny little like sports car um, or sedan or whatever Um, and we didn't have reservations for anything we didn't have really a direct plan of what we were going to do or what we're going to see we just knew that Banff was the end result, and we had 21 days to get there and back. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was a lot. It was a <laughs> lot. Of, it's definitely a wild ride. <laughs> Dude, I love adventures like that. Though, when you you just kind of you have a slight idea, but you don't really know much more. Other than this is kind of where we're going. This is something that I want to see there, and other than that, we got to figure it out. And so. How did you guys cope with, like, on the relationship side? Like, was it awkward? Like, I sometimes, like, you know what I mean? Like, 21 days is a long time. Like, do you feel like you have to entertain each other the entire time? Was there just moments of just, like, long moments of silence? Or, like, what was that like? I don't think there was too much. There wasn't too much silence because we, on our trips, were usually very, like, go, go, go. And so we were going from one spot to the next, and almost the entire trip was all new places. So there was always that excitement of, oh, we're going here. Like, I can't wait to see what this looks like and, like, really photograph this place and and just kind of experience it together. So that uh, that made it a lot of fun and, and 
you know, there weren't any awkward silences, really. It wasn't, it wasn't weird at all. I didn't mean awkward, more or less just like, I don't think there's anything wrong (laughs) with silence. No, no. No, yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely times where we just, like, jam out to music or listen to a podcast, and, and uh, one of the really cool things, though, about road tripping, and the reason I always tell people, like, stop getting on airplanes, get in your car, is that the craziest thing happens, right, we'll be listening to a podcast, we'll pause it, and we get into these really long, like, almost intense conversations about life and about uh, really important topics and, like, what's your opinion? You find out a lot about each other. You find out, like, I find out what his political views are or things like that where in the beginning of a relationship, you know, you're trying to, I don't know, make yourself look really good to the other person. So <laughs> some of those things may, may not surface right away. Right. Um, but on a road trip, like, everything, you, you air everything out. I mean, you learn a lot about each other, so... Tra- Travis waited for the Banff trip before he pulled out the before he pulled out his Make America Great Again hat. <laughs> he didn't need it. <laughs> He's like, now that we've been together for eighteen months, by the way. Oh, no. <laughs> Not sure if we've found. <laughs> no, I, dude, it, it, you're right though. A lot of times, early on in relationships, people are you know courting each other and they're a little nicer than maybe they normally are. They they kind of hide or not. I wouldn't say hide, but just allow some things not to be like really they just don't come up until they come up and maybe when they come up it's like two hours into it and you're like oh you find out that you guys actually do not agree on quite a bit but still love each other by this point (laughs) we're obviously compatible but we definitely have some different viewpoints on things you know which i have some friends like that it's actually really funny to see that i don't think there's anything wrong with that but um what what would you say the biggest takeaway like what have you you know, I think road tripping, you just basically said that road tripping in a nutshell is a, is a great experience to learn and, and get to know your friends, your partners, etc. So like, what are some of the biggest takeaways that you guys have been able to take away from some of your road tripping experiences, whether it be relationship stuff you learn or just other things about yourself? I think one of the biggest things that I've learned just over all the years, even road tripping with my parents is learn to live without and just be in the moment, be present. Um, we don't have to always be connected, you know, to, to devices or, or even to each other. Like it's okay to just take time for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like you said, like appreciate the silence, appreciate the simplicity of, uh, just being out, I have moments, and I know Travis felt this way before too, where I'm standing somewhere and I'm just so overcome by gratitude. Like these places exist. Like this is this is crazy, you know, that we can stand here, that we can appreciate it. And I think that I mean, I'm sure you can get on a plane and experience that too. But in a road trip, you can pull over at any point and just really respect and appreciate where you are in that moment. Um, and I think that's super important, uh, especially with how I live my life. Without a doubt. Do you cry as well, or is that just me? Um, there's been moments where I've, I've become really emotional. Uh, we've been driving every once in a while. He'll look over, and he's like, what's wrong? <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm just, like, having a moment. Or, like, I was very close with my grandmother, and uh, a couple years ago she passed away. And I have pictures of her in front of Multnomah Falls, in front of the Grand Canyon, in front of all these awesome landmarks. And so the last couple trips we've taken – I'll be driving and I just, I'm thinking of her and I'm thinking of where we went or where we've gone. And, uh, I just have that intimate connection and yeah, I'll get really emotional. And he's like, what did I say? What did I do? You know? 
you're like you're like honey honey don't flatter yourself it's just it's just it's just that tree over there is beautiful right right exactly <laughs> what about you travis what, what what are some of the biggest takeaways and things that you've learned from being on the road i've definitely learned to be comfortable with being uncomfortable like being out on a road trip you don't always uh you can't necessarily shower every day and you have to be okay with, with, I guess, just kind of being a little, uh, maybe grimy at times, but I think that just builds a stronger connection between who you're with on that road trip. Like for us, I think it's really built up a a strong connection between us because you're not, I guess in new and new in new relationships, you're, more of like, you know, I don't want this person to think this of me, or you kind of hide and try and make yourself like look a certain way. And so when you're on a road trip and you can't shower for a couple of days <laughs> and you're you're smelling a little ripe like that, just builds that connection and and it uh, it's really uh, brought us close together. After 21 days on the road, anything is free game. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's all happening. That's dude. The crazy thing is too, like after a twenty-one day road trip, either you guys are like gonna be together forever, or it's like, yeah, this like that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm sure most couples break up either together forever. They like break up very shortly after that road trip, you know. <laughs> and so I'm glad you guys, uh, you guys made it through the twenty-one day test, uh, the Banff test. With that said, what are some of the pros and cons that you two have experienced being a traveling photographer couple? Um, I don't know if it's a con necessarily, but something that can be a challenge is just, I don't know if it's competing priorities, but Mm -hmm. I'm a go, go, go person. I don't stop. Like it, it, it takes a lot to get me to slow down. And like Drake said, he, he, on the rolly, not a, it's a rolly, not a stopwatch. Shit don't ever stop. <laughs> so I think sometimes, you know, for me, I want to go, go, go. And Trav is very much a let's appreciate it. Let's stop for a moment. And so I think that's one of the unique challenges about traveling as a couple is you have to navigate that. It's not just about you and what you want. Mm-hmm. You have to compromise and come up with ways to where I can still go and do as much as I want to do, but we can still hang out in a hammock by a campfire and relax. So uh, I also think that, uh, I don't know, again, if it's a con, but one thing that I've definitely learned that you kind of have to navigate is a difference of ideas. So like, I'll want to go somewhere for sunset and she wants to go somewhere <laughs> for sunset. And we only have the one day. Yeah. So it's like, how do we compromise? How do we figure this out and make sure that, we both get to to see something that we want to see and like how do we prioritize that um one of the pros is uh power numbers right so when you're shooting astra it's the middle of the night you got an extra person there to watch your back make sure you don't get uh attacked by a predator or or someone to outrun if there's a predator (laughs) um and then just spending like those moments i i just feel like that's something that you can't you can only get by traveling together. I mean, those experiences uh, we're going to be able to talk about for the rest of our lives. Um, you know, I'm sure we could bond over other things, but these are some, like, we still, to this day, we talk about trips that we've taken three years ago that really had a lot of meaning and were very impactful for us, and I think that that's probably one of the biggest advantages of traveling together. Mm. Love it. 
What's your Travis? Are you a are you an Earth or water sign by any chance? I don't know. What's your what's your what's your uh, your horoscope? Like your birth sign? Yeah. Um, He's a fire. I'm a Scorpio. Yeah. Okay. It's fire, right? Earth. Earth, I believe. What are you? I'm a Sagittarius. We're at, our birthdays are actually two days, two apart. days apart. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I was just cu- I was just curious the fact that you're always like running and on the go and he's more like yeah. laid back and like, you know, like take a deep breath and enjoy it you know yeah <laughs> um, just for a minute that's awesome though I think having that that I think it's good to have both of those for for balance I think it keeps things interesting and exciting but also allows you guys both to grow allows you to learn to slow down a little bit. Um, and I'm sure for you, Trav, you know, allows you to probably put a little more pep in your step sometimes. <laughs> yes. <definitely. laughs> and Especially so, if I need to get the morning coffee. Yeah. There's a lot of pep in your step. <laughs> so how do you guys deal with like work-life balance? You know, you guys spend a lot of time together. You guys are still working, still traveling, still shooting, juggling lots of things. That's something I still struggle with today. I am, like I said, I work, work, work. So it's not unusual for me to be working uh, 6 a.m. to 1 a.m., you know, just work nonstop. But again, just going back to that balance, like one thing that he's really great at is saying, you know, not everything can be hard work. Sometimes we just need to take a minute and relax. And so we go for walks. Uh, spend a day, read a book. Lately, what we've been trying to do more of is just be tourists mm. uh, instead of photographers. So maybe leave the camera behind. Hopefully there's not like an epic sunset we miss, which happens, but um, leave the camera behind and just experience places for their cultural value, their architectural value. What else? We spend a lot, we spend a lot of time together, for sure. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely a lot of time together. Creating that, getting that balance right is is fairly difficult at times, especially if we're like out on a road trip and we're also doing work for brands. So that trying to find that perfect balance between, okay, I want to get these product shots. I also want to enjoy the moment and I also want to get shots for myself. And it's, you know, it's definitely a juggle that that's, it's been uh, difficult at times where we're definitely working on that and like, okay, this time slot, we need to get our pro, uh, product shots. Then, you know, maybe we can enjoy the sunset tonight. And if we can't tonight, that's okay. We got our shots. We got our work done. And we can, you know, photograph something else at a different time. Yeah. Have you guys experienced, like, so on the business side, do you guys ever experience challenges as far as overshooting client stuff? Like, I know there's, like, a lot of people that, you know, a brand will be paying them X and you know, it's a good amount of money, but it's not like three, four days worth of shooting their product money. But for whatever reason, five days in, they're still shooting their product. <laughs> and somehow this product has taken over their entire trip. And is, is that like, is that something you guys face? And is it, is it because you guys, is it because of like being nervous of not thinking the shots are good enough or wanting to have a variety for the client or not feeling like you're providing enough value. So you're like, sh- going to over deliver or like, you know, why do you, do you guys ever experience that stuff? And if, if so, why do you think that is? Um, absolutely. I think we've experienced both ends of that spectrum, which is we've overshot and then we've also undershot before and had to go back out and get more photographs. And I think the overshooting, it stems from a lot of what you talked about. It has to do with 
being nervous that you don't get enough content or being nervous that um, you're not going to be able to deliver the exact, you know, deliverables that the client wants. I struggle, I think, with that more uh, than Trav does because a lot of times when a brand comes, approaches us and says, this is what I want, I take it so seriously and I'm very self-critical. I can be very self-critical in my work. And so I want to have all this extra just in case, like a fallback plan. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas he's very much like, you know, they hired us for a reason. There's a reason that they want us to shoot for them. You know, maybe we just take a step back and, you know, just deliver what they asked for. I'm a, I'm a over deliver kind of person. And he's very much like, hey, let's just do the job and enjoy ourselves along the way. So would you agree with that? Yeah. And I think sometimes with the with the overshooting, it also stems from like a almost a lack of the word I want. Plan of action, like while you're out shooting. Uh, that and then I can't think of the word. Uh, it's a big one. at times that we're not good enough so we kind of undervalue ourselves and we're like oh you know what i think that my shots are going to be blurry so i have to overshoot to make sure instead of being confident and being you know self-aware and like you know what i can go out i can get these shots i'll be okay yeah, I think there's like there's something that sometimes creative people, probably most of the time creative people suffer from, and that's almost over humility, where you to you, you can look at a picture that you've taken or a painting that you've painted or music that you've written, and it's never gonna be good enough. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really important to be able to learn how to step back and look at it from a different perspective because uh, I can't even remember where I heard it might have been on your podcast, but I heard a creative person talking about it and they said, you know, the average consumer isn't going to know that you moved that contrast slider, you know, up three ticks and down three ticks for 45 minutes. Like no one's going to notice that. So focus on the big picture and how the image makes you feel Mm -hmm. uh, rather than just how it looks. And so that's something that when we're doing jobs, that's something that we've actually improved on because in the beginning, you just have your head in the computer for so long that you know, like he said, it's self-doubt, it's concern that you're not going to deliver the way that they are asking for. Um, so that's just something I think I always try to keep in mind when we're doing uh, jobs. Absolutely. No, I love hearing that. And I appreciate you guys sharing. Oftentimes, you know, with product stuff, when you're on, especially on road trips, because it's really, it's your focus is easily shifted, right? You have your own you have you, right? You have your own priorities. Do you want to get the shots? You got your own. You're an artist, so that that comes out on these road trips. Even if you have a bunch of work to do, you can't help but allow that inner artist to come out. It's like, this is rad. This is cool. But you also need to be shooting for, you know, maybe a brand or two or three or whatever it may be. You're also dealing with people, and everyone wants to kind of do their own thing. They want to go here. You want to go there. You're dealing with the environment maybe you shoot video too so you're kind of trying to get a little video as well and some photo and the next you know you get home and it's like i have i got nothing oh my goodness I have nothing. <laughs> and so you know i always i recommend to like a lot of people is just like a simple shot list with brands because normally you have like very set deliverables it's like hey we need five product shots and if they don't give you any creative direction a lot of times i'll just like tell the team like hey we'll go check out their instagram Find their highest engaged 10 photos, dissect those photos to, on a compositional level and see what the, like what makes why are these photos 
their best performing photos? Is it because of the perspective? Is it because of the placement? Is it because of where they're at? And then once we have that down, we'll just make our own creative brief and shot list. And it's like, hey, these are the seven shots that we have to have. And they get ticked off. Like someone goes, check, check. And then once (laughs) those are checked off, it's like, all right, cool. We made him the steak he ordered. Now let's bring out a few sides of sauces that we made. He may not want them. He may may want them. He may love them. He may keep coming back because the sauce was so good, right? Yeah. And so it's like you deliver what they ask for, you deliver a few extra special things that you got creative on and you hope that they like and, and, and want to do more with, and then it's done. You guys feel good and confident. You look back at the images, you know you got the shot, and then you just can go on and not, because like yourself, I've also been in those situations. You know, we've been doing this for almost a decade, basically, you know, as my first production company. And so like, uh, I've made all types of mistakes. I mean, I've gone to shoots and shot an entire video without an SD card and just been like, <laughs> and just been like, oh, and just been like, just fake it, fake it, just go through the shot. And when you get home, just something crazy happened to the SD card and you got to reshoot the whole thing over again. <laughs> and I've done that. Like, you know, granted, that's 11 years ago, but still, like, uh, more or less, I've just, I've learned the hard way through a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, so have we. And I think one of the other things, like, and just complete transparency, because I think that's what the community needs, is oh, yeah. when we were starting out, you know, it was like, anything that got thrown at us, we were like, yeah, we're going to do it. You know, we have to do it, because you want to build your portfolio. But mm-hmm. I think one of the most important things is just be true to who you are, and just take jobs that really mean something to you and that you know whether, whether it's a product or service whatever it is that you actually use because like I'll give you an example we did a job for a coffee company I'm obsessed with coffee like I, I run on coffee 24 right. 7 so when I reached out to a coffee company and and they said yes it was like the best day of my life and it was the easiest product for me to shoot because I love it you know I use it every day um, we need it. So it, it was great. And uh, we have a long-term relationship with that company because they know we're passionate about their product and we can take it anywhere with us. So just something I think that we've tried to keep in mind is just going back to what you said, like you're going to make mistakes and you have to learn from them, but always, always do jobs that actually mean something to you because that'll make a big difference. No, absolutely. And I I think it all goes back to like, what is your goal? Why are you doing what you do? Why do you get up to do this every day? Is it for the art? If that's the case, if this is solely a play for creativity and you doing something that you're passionate about and money and and career and stuff's not important, then damn right. You should only be doing stuff you enjoy. Like, why would you, why would you spend time working on something you don't enjoy or, or working with the product you don't believe in or whatever it may be. But on the business side, if your goal, you know, is to is to build a career and, and, and build a business and build a book of business and all that stuff, then, you know, I believe what, you know, I sat down with Casey Nysat and had dinner and he was talking about how he did everything. He's like, yeah. I took every job under the sun. It didn't matter. Like bar mitzvahs. Yeah, I'll do those. <laughs> Birthday. Yeah, I'm yeah. there. Concert. Yeah. Yep. Corporate video, yeah, I do those. Oh, 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 oh. He's like, dude, I shot everything for everyone under the sun. But he's like, while I was out on these shoots, he's like, I'd always end up meeting like these people that are like, hey, well, you know, uh, I run ABC and we're actually looking for a video guy to do a little piece. Is that something you could do? And he's like, it's, like you never know who you might meet, what it might lead yeah. to. And so 
I think everyone just needs to really understand. I think a lot of people do things based off of what they see other people doing without really mm-hmm. thinking like, what am I doing this for? Am I posting to Instagram every single day because I just love creating art or am I, is there like, am I trying to make money or what am I doing? I think there's a lot of people that they spend so much time on Instagram and I ask them that question and they're like, I don't really know. And I'm like, you're spending like 30 hours a week on, on Instagram <laughs> and you don't know what your goal is with it. Yeah. Like, and so, so that's, that's interesting. You bring that up too, because that was us. We didn't, we didn't have any direction mm-hmm. probably the first couple of years that we were shooting together. Um, and then one day I just woke up and I'm like, what, like the internet isn't going to just provide income for me. Yes. Like this doesn't have, you know, what am I doing? Like someone like Casey Neistat's going to see my picture and be like, Oh, you know, be in my YouTube videos and <laughs> I'll pay you to wear this shirt. You know, that's just not how life happens. And so, um, I really dug into the business side of it and, um, we actually, I mean, we don't typically get work from Instagram. Um, I sort, we, we reach out to brands and then I, uh, source content from other places and, um, really dig into what we enjoy doing, but you're absolutely right. I mean, we've shot weddings, we've shot, uh, we've done products, we've done real estate, we've done like everything you can imagine. We've, we've tried it just to figure out what exactly we were doing. And then once we came up with a plan of what we wanted, which we're still trying to figure out (laughs) every day, um, we kind of narrowed our focus in on other things. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's also important for people to know and understand to value their their work and time. Um, I know that there are a lot of brands that want to like send you a product and have you do like ten or fifteen shots for them, and then you just keep the product and they don't actually pay you. And if you're trying to, you know, create a business. I guess it's okay to do that a couple of times because then you can build up your portfolio, but to really understand what your time is worth and to not just kind of give it away for, for free is incredibly important. And there are brands that are willing to pay for, for what you're, what you're doing, and what you're giving them. Absolutely. Dude, it's funny you brought up payments because I've been talking about payments the last two or three days with uh, various people, some of my team members, some of my investors, some of my clients, some of uh, my friends, my girlfriend. And we're talking about how people price different things. Like my girlfriend has a really hard time pricing her artwork. She's an amazing artist, but the way she prices her stuff, it drives me nuts. She'll be like, so I don't know, I got this piece of wood for like 40 bucks. And then, you know, I don't know, I spent like three hours on it. And so... And the materials cost about like fifteen, so I don't know, like two hundred bucks. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, but I'm like, yeah, great. You got your labor cost down. You got your 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 production cost down. That's cool. But they're not buying that. They're like, this isn't like this isn't the ninety nine cents. This isn't like you show up and you're like, hey, I'll take this and that and that and out yeah. comes art. It's like they're buying you they're buying the artist the creativity the idea the they're buying the process that happens from here to the to the final product that's what they're paying for not the piece of wood and the paint and so and it's the same thing with photography it's like you know what is joe what is joe charging for his photos joe's charging a hundred bucks okay well guess what my photos are a hundred bucks too then it's like well joe's a nobody you're an awesome person with a very unique style that everyone loves. Like they're not buying a photograph. They're buying a Travis visuals photo. They're buying affiliation with you as a person. They're buying 
like they're buying so much more and that's what like i think people and artists often overlook is like the actual creativity and you can't put a price on that like you get to make that price so you shouldn't be afraid to to outprice your friends you shouldn't be like you should get paid what you believe you should get paid if you say hey i don't think there's many people that could do what i do i don't think there's many people that can make a video or make your product look this way like i do and i feel <laughs> confident in that then you better believe i'm going to charge you for that right. you know? yep yeah, we were just talking about that yesterday, actually, and it's a hard process to go through. This is like what we talked about earlier. You know, you have you have to battle your inner uh, creativity where you're like, am I good enough? Can I produce this? And then you have to be able to price that for what the actual item or finished result is mm. I mean, you know, to see what the quality of that result is. And as an artist of any type, I mean, that's a hard process. So it just takes time and practice. I mean, that's all it all it really is like. There's no quick button where you're like, oh, I got it. I, I know photography now. That just never happens. Right. It's just a long, you know, difficult process. Right. You have to like get over your fear of, of, mm-hmm. of, of small thinking. I think a lot of people don't charge a lot because of straight fear and small mindedness. Yeah. Like they just don't feel like they're up to par to charge a lot. You know, I mean, when I remember when we first got started back in like 2012, I went into this real estate guy's office and at the time, this was like an absurd pitch for me. Like, I pitched him on like fifty thousand dollars in like, in, in production work. And wow! At the time, this was like abs- like just absolutely absurd. But I was just like, whatever. Like, I was like, I'm t- I, I I basically I gotten so sick of just taking on like these little hundred dollar music videos and three hundred dollar little real estate videos. I was like, dude, I'm just like, I'm gonna start shooting for the moon. Like, I'm tired of like, yeah. just you know and. Long story short, didn't get the deal. The dude laughed out of his office. <laughs> but it gave me the confidence, you know, because he was like, he thought about it for a second. He was like, and when I saw that, I'm like, holy shit. Before he was like, this is insane. There was a second where he was like, huh. He like looked at this and thought about that makes it. Sense. And so we kept doing it. And then like a month later, we ended up getting, you know, like our first like $15,000 video. And I was like, and this is from like making 300 bucks a video to 15 grand. And that was like, oh my God. I'm like, dude, I'm retired. I don't have to work for the year. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that was a ton of money back then. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that helps too for, for people is just to, you know, not to be afraid to, I'm not saying go nuts, but yeah. like, right. don't be afraid to like have some fun with it and just, and, and, shoot for the moon man every now and again you gotta get for your you gotta get out of your own way and i think one of the things that's super important is just what's the worst that could happen mm-hmm. they could say no okay you know no one's gonna come after you so like you said just shoot for it pitch yourself believe in yourself and if someone says no then try it again until it until it lands totally agree i have something else interesting and so speaking of confidence selling is difficult you have artists that are like creative people now becoming sales people because they have to sell their services to get paid and from my observations and what kept me from being successful early on in like my production and creative work days was the fact that I took everything personal if someone told me no it was like 
dude, it was seriously like you might as well have just taking a dagger to my heart. Like when I left, like, I, like, I might have gotten to my car and like cried and just like oh. I'm such a piece of shit. Like I can't like. You know, I'm not, I can't do this. No one, like, it was just like, it was rough, you know? And I think a lot of people take things so personally and they get so down on themselves. And like, after you have six people, seven people tell you no in a row, it's like, am I just not good? <laughs> like, it, like, you can, it's really easy to get down on yourself. And so I think one of the most important things for creatives that are outwardly looking for, business is to is to really not take things personally like you should be able to if someone yeah. tells you no if you can smile and be like okay cool sounds like without trying to oh but what if but what if all of a sudden you're cutting your rates and it's like cool yeah. now, now the guy just said yes you're doing this for a third and you don't like bro you're not you even have gas it's gonna cost more in gas to get to where you're going you know, like you even think this through you know and so there's nothing wrong with just being like, okay, cool, no big deal, move on, and don't take it personal, and just keep working hard, and it yields much more effective and and and, and successful results that way that I've learned than <clears throat> getting down. That's an emotional roller coaster, man. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. I think it's uh, again, it just goes back to it's a learning experience. Um, I'm like you are. It hurts my heart. I'm like, oh, that's personal. You know, they don't like my art and. Um, I start to really self-doubt and question what I'm doing, but honestly, the best advice I can give is just keep doing it. I mean, there's been times where I do a Hail Mary, I send an email out, and I'm like, that's never going to land. They're going to laugh at me, and it's worked out. And so you just never know. You don't know what they're looking for. You don't know what their expectations are unless you reach out and ask. Absolutely. And being able <laughs> to communicate your ideas yeah. in a coherent way <laughs> like <laughs> helps a lot like creatives they get wild it's like yeah we get it you take great photos and videos but like what do you want like what are you reaching out to <laughs> us about like you can't just reach out and be like yo check out my instagram <laughs> yeah. I got the sauce and it's like okay like we don't have time to engage in whatever this is right. uh, so i think you know learning how to communicate is a really important skill for anyone trying to take a more professional route um, to move away from some of the business, I was just curious, what drives your guys' passion in photography and travel and like what motivates you two to keep going? Oh, gosh. Um, it, it sounds cheesy, but just doing it. I mean, I like I said, I've had those moments where I, I just have, I'm standing there and I'm just humbled. The other main motivation I have is I'm still trying to learn where I want to take this and I'm really inspired by not just pictures that inspire people to be beautiful, right? Because it's it's great to look at a picture and say, wow, it's gorgeous. But I really want to find a way to inspire people to care, um, to care about our wild places, to care about our impact. Because um, I'm really inspired by that as well. And so that's something that really motivates me a lot is when I see people like, you guys went out with Vivid Roots to Guatemala. That inspires me. Seeing people that actually are have their hands into these culture, these cultures that need help, that need support, um, or even like trail, you know, fixing up trails and picking up trash in the parks. Like those are the things that really inspire me. Um, just to continue to pursue this because I feel like these things can really empower people to care about climate change, to care about our our wild places. So I've been really fortunate to be able to travel to a lot of beautiful places. I know that I've definitely put a lot of 
time and money in, into it, um, but I have that freedom and that uh, that opportunity to. And so I know that there are a lot of people out there that may not have that opportunity. And so it, it really drives me and makes me incredibly happy to see people or to share a photo and kind of create a feeling and a experience for someone that may not be able to go to that place and may not be able to see it in person or, you know, I'm creating a, an experience for someone who may not be able to, to have that themselves. Mm. How many photos do you guys think you guys take like during, I don't even know, like a trip. You go on like a three-day trip, like a weekend trip. How many photos do you guys think you come back with? Gosh, two to 3,000 each. <laughs> I think it depends. It depends. Yeah, I think we've gotten better. It used to be like you just hold the shutter down until the camera implodes in your hand. You know, it's like yeah. crazy. But um, more and more, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe a 1,000 for a weekend now, the depending reason- on where we're going. So the reason I'm asking is because I'm curious. So, like, what do you do with all those photos? Like, so the Instagram culture, right? We go to Instagram and we put the bangers up. So we put the best of the best, which might be six photos from, you know, your 3,000 or whatever it may be that are, in your eyes, Instagram worthy to what your followers, you think the followers want to engage with and the way it's supposed to look, right? And so what do you do with the other masses you know because they're still amazing photos yeah maybe you know photos of you guys laughing hanging out whatever more personal whatever there's just like what do you do with the other 90 percent of the content (laughs) so i'm really my my insta instagram game is it's pretty weak actually i think i post like three times a month now oh so i've got yeah yeah I used to post a lot and just life is it was so chaotic. Uh, I probably should invest more time in it, but you're right. I mean, right now, since we moved into a new place, we're, we're putting them up on the walls. We're trying to put a lot of pictures up on the walls, but we've got thousands of images that just sit. Unedited, untouched, <laughs> almost unseen. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, they're just on a hard drive. Hopefully someday we can uh, get through at least... 30% of them. I think that's the challenge, you know, is, well, that's the thing. That's the problem is you in a digital world right now, we need tangibles. Yeah, um, yeah. so we need the AOV magazine, I think to come back. There you go. Yes, we do. Yeah. We absolutely. That's big facts. Yeah. More, 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 more mags yes. and just yes. cool stuff. Yeah. Um, stuff print. That would be awesome. No, absolutely. I'm always like, I'm always curious because when you're out traveling, you have like all these other photos that don't surface and these video clips of like really funny moments in the van or the car or like, and it's like, it's like, it's like, that's like the best, like that's really the best content, but it's like the content that no one ever sees. It's actually like the really boring shit is like, quote unquote, like the best stuff for Instagram. And so it's like. Oh, the bangers are all there, but it's like, yeah, the funnest part was actually like when some stranger came up to us and thought we were all gay because we were in a van with our shirts on <laughs> and like, and we're all laughing, and like that was actually the highlight of, the, you know, um, and we have it all on film, but it's like, what do I do with that? Where do I share that? It's actually a really funny conversation. It's just like, 
the guy was completely out of his mind, and it was just a really fun. And of course, I couldn't help but have fun. And I was telling the guy that Travis was the little spoon, and I was the big spoon, and we just—I <laughs> was just like, dude, this is just way too much fun. Um, but it's like, what do I do with this stuff? I was like, I got all like, I, like, where do I put that? Like, that's not going on Instagram, but it's really funny. Like, it should go somewhere. <laughs> I think it should go on Instagram so we can all enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anywho, I was just more or less just curious, like, what people are doing with all their other content. Like, does it just sit on a hard drive? If they're, you know, how are they, how are they sorting through? Like, I don't know, even like the memories, right? It's like, right. fuck, ten years. Excuse my French. Ten years from now, um, it's it's. You don't care about your banger you got from Yosemite. Like, that's that's not going to matter. Like, there'll be a few that, you know, that you'll care about because maybe you really earned the shot and you hiked 10 hours to get there. And, like, you're like, I'll never forget that trip. But a lot of that stuff's going to be so meaningless. And it's funny. It's like the photos that you don't even share or post are going to be, like, the important ones. You're going to be, like, going back to hard drives being like, okay, that's cool. I, I see I went to Yosemite back in November of 2015, but, like, where are, like, just the photos of, like, my friends and I? Like, where are those at? That's what I want today, <laughs> 10 yeah. years later, 20 years later. I want the real photos, not oh. that stuff, you know? That's so true. It's, it reminds me of something my mom told me, like, when I was a kid. When I first started doing photography, I show her all these pictures. Like, look at this picture I got of the pool, Mom. You know, she's like... Oh, that's nice, sweetie. She's like, where are the pictures with people in them? <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, no one's interested in seeing just objects all the time or just, you know, picture of a waterfall all the time. Like, where are the pictures of moments and people? And and I think, you know, it, it is easy to get caught up with the beautiful landscapes, but the pictures I really uh, connect with, and I know Trav does too, are the ones where they do make you laugh or they make you say, wow, you know, or there's like someone or something happening in the image that's relatable and, and authentic. Um, you don't always get that in a picture of, you know, a waterfall or something like that. Sometimes you need those other things to, to bring people in and say, hey, this is an experience. It wasn't just all pretty pictures. Mm-hmm. No, I love that. Who inspires you guys? <laughs> Quite a few. Should we say each other since... The Valentine's Day edition, or yeah. Aww. <laughs> honey, <laughs> the only person that inspires me is you. <laughs> um, a ton of, I mean, off the top of my head, there's some really cool, authentic people that we've met that I just adore and truly inspire me. Emilio, mm-hmm. Emilio Mag, Andrew Sai. I don't know sites of Andrew, or I think there's no N in his like Instagram handle, but whatever. <laughs> Um, really cool guys helped me a lot with learning how to do video. Um, Kyle, obviously you, Frank, Frank shoots. Frank shoots. I don't even know what his last name is. What else? There is a there's a guy who lived my I have family up in Minnesota, and uh, there's a guy up there. His name's George Duluth on yeah. Instagram. And I just love because you know I went up there as a as a kid, and just seeing his pictures really reminds me of being up there and. And he creates it, you know, those experiences and those memories just seeing his photos. And I, and I absolutely love that. Yeah. And then it's kind of cheesy, but have you heard of Yes Theory on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Okay. So as far as YouTube videos go, you know, they make great videos, but I love their message. And so I binge watch Yes Theory. And, and 
some of the other big YouTubers, but just like their message of, uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone, say yes to strange things, you know, even if it makes you uncomfortable, say yes to those things. Right. They really inspire me a lot to, to not always just sit in a box and do things that are comfortable, but try to, you know, seek discomfort. So, so what are some ways that you guys have, have seeked discomfort to get out of your comfort zone? Oh gosh! So we we went last year on a road trip and went to Colorado and we did a super gnarly hike that was uh, like two thousand feet, almost straight up over the course of like two or three miles. Yeah, I think it was about six round trip, and the biggest hike that we did before that was what a mile maybe, oh. and not not anywhere yeah, together, that yeah. strenuous. <laughs> So that was that was incredibly out of our comfort zone, but being up there and, and just seeing the scenery and knowing that not a not too many people go up there was was incredible. Actually, one of the most uncomfortable. So I, no one ever suspects this, but I'm a huge introvert. So I'm not the life of the party. I'm not someone that walks into the room and livens it up. Like I'm the wallflower. I'm the person in the corner that's like, hopefully no one makes eye contact with me and I can just get in and get out. Ditto. Every interaction we've had on the road where we've met up with people, I have, like, a low-key panic attack. Like, 10 to 15 minutes before, like, why did we agree to this? Why, like, <laughs> yeah. even with Kyle, I was like, why did we agree to meet him? We, like, what is he going to think? Like, we're, you know, just that's super uncomfortable for me to to speak to people that I don't know. and to, But it's something that's super necessary in order to, you know, experience things and, and connect with like, like-minded people. So... That's the biggest thing, though. <laughs> what do you think the biggest... What's been the biggest takeaway, I guess, in your life? Or what's been the biggest thing that's benefited your guys' lives by taking a step out of your comfort zone? Uh, the, the people. Yeah. Just meeting you, meeting Kyle, it it's really brought some memories that, that I don't think I'll ever forget. Like us running around in the fog at Mount Tam, just yeah. that was school kids. The coolest part about that story, I, I was gonna bring that up earlier, but I just like I forgot, and then I thought about it, and I was like, ah, it's kind of like weird to just like bring it up. But now that we brought it up, that was the coolest thing ever to just like pop out of a car in the middle of Mount Tam in the fog at sunrise, light rays, beautiful, and then all of a sudden I just see you two, just like, <laughs> what up? And I'm like. <laughs> Like, like, how cool is the universe? I like just like yeah. how like how special is that? That was so rad. Did I ever send you that photo of you? No, I don't, no, think, I don't, think, I don't think so. Hold on, I have to send. I have to do this right now since because <laughs> I will totally forget. I have a really cool photo of you. That I have a few photos. I have some photos of you. I got dude. I got your guys's Valentine's Day photo. Oh, oh perfect. yes, perfect. I'm so stoked. I have one, two, three, three photos for you guys. But where's this four, actually? Four and counting. Hold, stand by. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for this one I have of more. There it is. Boom. Okay, awesome. Let's airdrop these to my computer. So, anywho, we ran into you guys, and that was, like, one of the coolest. And I love Mount Tam, but that was, like, just a really... That fog was so crazy. And the sun rays beaming through the fog were just really something special that day. Just incredible, incredible. 
Yeah, and that you you can only do those types of things and share those experiences with people if you're willing to connect with people. <laughs> you know, you actually have to talk to people and really get to know them. And um, if if I didn't, I would be uh, best friends with my dog and a book, and I probably wouldn't leave the house. So I think it's really important that you know we do that. We just get out and we say, hey. You know, we have common interests. We have things we can talk about, obviously. So it's just getting over that initial fear. Um, so I love it. What's your guys's? What are you guys most excited about right now? It's 2019, New Year. You guys are in a new home. What are you most excited about? Just exploring. I mean, there is so much here that it's insane. Um, I can't wait. I, I'm stoked on it being winter and it's snowing, but I can't wait for summer and to be able to do hikes up to different fire lookouts and just really explore our new home, just new hikes, new experiences, meeting new people. So yeah, I think we're, we're, uh, it's, it's crazy. You come to a new place. Like we've obviously traveled the Pacific Northwest before, but now being here and it being in our backyard, I've, we've got a list of probably a hundred different hikes that we want to do. So we're going to try to knock one or two out a weekend. Um, we also have some plans uh, later on in the year to try to go to New Zealand. So that's really exciting. I know it's like, we're, it's been on our list for a really long time. So it would be really nice to be able to knock that one off. That's definitely the biggest one. Yeah. On the but just, yeah, just, just, lay low in our new home and hopefully we can connect with some people up here and get some people to go out and shoot and hang out with good i'm coming to visit for sure yes i'll have to look up how long that drive is but <laughs> i like driving just yeah. like i prefer i if i can i mean there's times where i'm like eh, okay it's not enough time so i'll fly but yeah. if we if i can i always prefer to just be on the road yeah i like to stop yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't fly because I'll miss all this on the way. Yeah. Like, ah, I'm cool. We're gonna drive. That's right. Uh, before we wrap it up, I was just curious. Camera gear, like, what do you guys bodies, lenses? What are you guys using? What's in the gear bag? Uh, I shoot with a A7R2, and I just like literally went crazy, lost my mind. I got a 24 to 70. It's a huge deal for me because I'm big on like use the lenses you have. Don't don't waste a bunch of money on super fancy equipment right off the bat, but I feel like I earned it. So I got a 24 to 70, 2.8. What else do we have? A 50, nifty 50. Your, uh, that's a big one that, yeah. that you use. Um, I have the Sony a7 II and I love, I've got the dad lens, dad the 70, lens. 200, 2.8. I yeah. absolutely love that thing. That yeah. pretty much stays on my, my camera the entire time. But if I need something else, we've also got a, a 28 and then uh, oh, I've got yeah, the, the kit lens. So it's like 17 to or 28 to yeah. 70 or something like that. Nice. We rent gear a lot too. It's like mm -hmm. if, if you don't have the gear you think you need, just rent it. Who do you Test use? It out. Uh, we had, well, in, in Southern California, we used Sammy's. Um, and there was a little camera shop right by our house that we could go to. So right now, I don't know. We're we're in the market for finding some people to lend us gear. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we need more, you know? We don't have enough. <laughs> have, you, have you ever noticed, Travis, because you take a lot of photos and you're shooting on, like, a 12-megapixel camera, have you ever noticed, like, any drawbacks to the A7S II? 
No, not that not that I've I've noticed. Correct for one thousand. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping. I was like, I was like, I was like, dude, you better not freaking be. He's a like, cop. yeah, my photos are blurry. Uh, well, so there's something wrong with I the have, so I, I have the A7R3, but I also have the A7S2, and for two years, like this was the only camera I had was the A7S2, and I, I was mainly shooting a lot of video, and uh, but I also was posting. I was taking tons of photos on there. But I started hearing from like all the guys that had A7S2 just so many complaints about how their photos are terrible and like, <laughs> all this stuff. And I was always like scratching my head. Like I'm like, I have no I I can't really describe it. They're just flat. And I'm like, maybe like what do you mean flat? Like, I don't know, maybe it's your fucking F stop being at eleven. Like, I don't know. Like what do you like, what do you mean flat? Like I'm so confused. Like I have beautiful images on this camera and I don't see any down. If anything, the dynamic range, I can take a picture that's damn near black and I can bring out everything back <laughs> in post and it looks great. And so I was like, I don't understand what people complain about. I loved that camera for photo. Yeah. Well, I loved it. Uh, Carl Shakur did a video. I don't know if you saw it where he did like a little tiny point and shoot, like hundred dollar camera versus his, and he put the photos up on Instagram and said, pick which photos came from which camera. And people could not tell the difference. And I that's the thing, that. like, especially when it's on a little tiny <laughs> monster in the palm of your hand, like, you're not going to be able to tell the difference. It's almost the same. Oh, people flex so hard on the gear for Instagram. It's, whole, it's so, I'll post an iPhone photos and like, there's always like that guy. We all know that guy's like, yep, yep. A7R3, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, nah, bro, nah, bro, just iPhone eight. A7R <laughs> two. I just say that I do. I only have a cell phone, so I just take pictures of my cell phone. <laughs> oh man, I love it. Okay, I don't know how long we've actually been talking because it took a minute for us to get going, but I feel like it's been about an hour because it's. I feel like it took us like 25 minutes or so in the yeah. beginning when we were just kind of hanging out, and so uh, with that said. I believe we're coming up on time. And so we end the podcast with our guests basically sharing a little about inspiration and or motivation for the AOV community. You guys have been phenomenal guests. I really appreciate you guys coming on the show. It's been really fun to talk to you guys. We've learned so much just about you two. It was really cool hearing your story, how you guys met and all that good stuff. And so with that said, love to give you guys the floor. And I don't know if you guys, you guys should both do it. Unless you yeah. guys can speak in sync. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on the count of three. <laughs> Go ahead. I think the biggest thing, uh, kind of talked to touch base on it earlier, is if you're looking at making money from photography or your art, really value yourself. Don't sell yourself short. Don't think that you're not good enough. Go out, even if someone is going to say, you know, everyone's going to hear no eventually. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Someone's going to tell you no. But don't let that discourage you from pursuing your passions and really selling yourself and, and, and knowing how much you're worth. Yeah, and for me, um, this is a big soapbox for me in my life, uh, in general, not just in my creative process, but there's really no shortcut to success. And success is a very personal, personal and intimate process. 
And in this generation of social media, it's, it's hard. You can sometimes get preoccupied or distracted by how other people are doing things or how they achieve their level of success, but it's really not a tangible. Um, it's, some, it's, it's more of a feeling. It's something that makes you feel good, makes you feel like you've accomplished something. So don't try to try to mimic or imitate someone else's success, like create your own. And one of the other things is that if you really love something, pour all of yourself into it. There's like a lot of quotes out there online that'll make you think like, oh, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, right? But the truth is, <laughs> the truth is if you love what you do, you will work every day of your life. It's not gonna be easy. You're gonna, you're gonna dump uh, a lot of <laughs> blood, sweat, and tears into your work, but that, that's because it really matters. So work hard um, and keep, keep moving forward. You know, don't let people stop you by their, their you know, version of success. Create your own. Morgie Love, Travis Visuals. Thank you guys so much. Thanks Thank for you. Having you. Dude, that was solid. You guys killed that. Yeah? That was good. That was really good. We were super nervous. <laughs> Very. <laughs> no, you guys are rock stars. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to another episode of the AOV Podcast. Our goal here at Art of Visuals is to keep everything free and to keep creating great tools and resources for you guys to utilize to, to achieve all your guys' dreams in the photography, filmmaking, and content creation world, even entrepreneurship. With that said, we picked up Adorama as a sponsor to help us cover some of our costs, and we're grateful for them. All we ask of you guys is, if you're going to purchase gear, we'd really love it if you guys would head over to Adorama.com and make your purchase there instead of elsewhere, and just know that when you guys do that, you guys will also somewhat be supporting Art of Visuals and allowing us to continue to create great content for you guys, uh, like our podcasts our free app, and a lot of the other great things we do. Also, if you listen to the podcast, all of the AOV presets are now free. So check out our website, shop.artivisuals.com. Go get some free presets. The artist presets are still for sale. If you want to support the artist and you should support the artist, uh, just know that that money goes to them, and we're also going to be reworking that commission structure here in the next month. So we're really stoked about that. But go get some free presets. And if you guys want to buy gear, please support us. Help us out. Go to Adorama.com. Peace.